damn enchiladas. everyone, welcome to our second episode this week of Exploit It, the show where we talk about exploitation and exploitation-adjacent films. I'm Alexis Jowski. And if I find mentally ill children fucking on my property again, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. Feed them those damaged enchiladas. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and this week we're talking about Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, 1985, directed by Danny Steinman. Trauma at age 12. Brutal self-defense murder of a psychopathic killer. Boy, they've given him every therapy they can think of. It's wonder his mind isn't fried with all the drugs they've given him. The mindless, murderous fury that was buried with Jason has been reborn Pete. and suddenly terror has become child's play friday the 13th part 5 a new beginning <laughs> This is actually my favorite one in the series. It's not the best. Really? Okay. But it's you just... You have to sell me on this one. It's the most enjoyable for There me. are many things about this I have I have problems with. But you might be able to sell me on it. Maybe I uh, maybe I need to be, have it framed in a different in a different way. As we go through, you'll, you'll get my joy for this movie. All right. So first of all, there's the director, Danny Steinman. Not an accomplished director. He started his career by directing the hardcore porno High Rise about hotel orgies. All right. Yeah. Then uh, he was worked as a PA. Uh, he he worked at a company in Puerto Rico making IHOP commercials. Uh, he directed <laughs> wow. Savage Streets. And then I guess he just kind of blew the fuck up because then he got it like, we want you to direct Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. We also want you to direct Spider Man. And we want you to direct Last House on the Left 2. Yeah. Of course, the other two movies didn't happen. <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, well, he got in a horrible motorcycle accident, nearly died, and he was like, oh, no, no, not doing any more filmmaking. That's, that's fair. Yeah, and he did this movie, which has a quote-unquote troubled production. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. 
John Shepard, who plays Tommy Jarvis, was, like, very standoffish and wanted to fight everybody. Um, everybody found the director to be just horribly mean and unapproachable, and he wanted so much nudity. <laughs> I mean, we get plenty here, but, like, what he shot, good lord. That one of the guys, yes. the, uh, the guy that plays the paramedic, Roy, said, like, oh, all we did was just go shoot some fucking porno in the woods. Well, given his directorial debut, that seems to be that seems to be on brand. Yeah, and um, oh, but like the guy that played Tommy, John Shepard, they didn't tell people they were in a Friday the Thirteenth sequel. They were just making a film called Repetition, and so John Shepard took it very seriously, and he volunteered at a mental hospital for like three months. So he went full method. Yeah, he went full method, and then he gets you know, I- set, and there's a there's a Jason. I will say, one of the things I did note was, as awkward as this character is, it seems like a very accurate portrayal of somebody who has pretty severe PTSD. Yeah. He only has speaks 24 words in the whole movie. Yeah, almost mute. It's very interesting. Yeah. And of course he felt like, what the fuck did I do all this prep work for if it's a Friday the 13th sequel? But no, it, it pays off. He's good. It Like I said, it's a shockingly accurate depiction of what that would be like. Yeah. Also, more troubles with this production. Apparently, Steinman spent much of his time binging on cocaine, and uh, the DP directed many scenes of the film. Ah, the 80s. Yeah, um, but there was so much nudity and sex cut out. This movie went to the MPAA nine times before it could get an R. Jesus. Yeah. Is an unrated cut of this round somewhere? Not that I found. So, Steinman, he, he was given two directives. There has to be a kill every seven minutes, and you gotta turn Tommy into Jason. And that's why we get so many fucking random characters in this movie that just pop up and die. Okay, I noticed that. I'm like, man, they just keep introducing characters to kill. I actually made that note. Like, where was that? Yeah, it was. Just- I think as we're coming up on introdu- like meeting Demon, I'm like, I feel like they just keep adding characters to die in this movie. Yeah. Uh, before we jump right into the going through the the plot of the movie, uh, make sure you visit our website, exploitedpodcast.com, to to get all of our episodes. You could also find a, a link to our Discord, where we do a watch party every Thursday. Uh, this week we're going to be doing Death Wish. That's what we're showing on Thursday, so that'll be fun. Um, you oh, could also fun. follow us on Instagram at exploitedpodcast or on that site. X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. At Podcast Exploit. Or contact us at exploitedpodcast at gmail.com. So, into the movie. We get Corey Feldman in his cameo, which was shot yeah. in his own backyard on a Sunday, which is his one day off of the Goonies set. Yeah, he uh, had prior commitments, but he made the time on his day off to shoot this scene. In his own backyard. Um, so, props to Corey Feldman for doing that. Of course... His cameo, it's just the close-ups we see of him. Everything else is other people on the set. And, like, there's Jason's grave, and these people are digging up Jason's grave. Like, and- why the fuck would you want to do that? Well, why the fuck would you bury him? That is a motherfucker you cremate. I was gonna say, you incinerate that body, right? Yeah. And, um, Jason's body's in there, yeah, and he just gets up and starts offing these fools. Um, it's important to note it that, uh, there's red on his hockey mask here. Yes, because the hockey mask in the movie later looks a tad different. For a reason. So yeah, he offs these fools, he goes after Tommy, and then Tommy Jarvis, a teenage Tommy Jarvis, wakes up. He's on his way to a new group home. 
allegedly a teenager. Motherfucker looks 30. He does look 30. He looks fucking old. Um, We get our usual style of credits again, though. Was this shot in 3D? No. It, it, it feels it like it a few times. It feels <laughs> like it a few times. Um, we get a blue hockey mask in the credits, though. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. So now we're at the, the Pinehurst Youth Development Center. Yeah, we got a mental health officer up front just casually looking at some porn. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, God, I had his name later on. It's it, he also cool. likes to party. Yeah. It, it's named, I think it's also like Axel or something. But we get the uh, the assistant director, Pam, comes out and, and greets Tommy. And the guy that runs the, the place, his name is Matt, played by Richard Young. Did he look familiar to you? Yeah, he looks very familiar to me. Do you know where he's from? I don't recall. He's the bad guy in the opening of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy with the fedora. Uh, right. What's that guy's name? Man with fedora. He doesn't have a name. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Different, different. I'm thinking of a different character. Yeah. So, uh, this is like a mental health halfway house. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, we got this new Tommy guy. Let's see. Trauma at age 12. Brutal self-defense murder of a psychopathic killer. He'll be fine. Well, we'll, we'll break through to him. Yeah, I like that they're roll- They're driving up and there's this guy driving this, uh, I don't know if it's a backhoe or some sort of construction Fucking equipment. I'm like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's probably going to be involved in some death at some point. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Tommy has his big fucking pocket knife. Which, yeah, he smuggled in a knife. Did he smuggle it in? Or I mean, he hides he it under. It? He hides it under his bed, so I assume that he's not supposed to have it. Yeah, but I'm assuming that before this, he was at a more secure facility. Yeah. So did he? Did he uh, prison smuggle it? Yeah, I don't want to think about that. Tommy yeah, Jarvis comes, shoving knives up his ass. That's hey. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And so he's, he starts unpacking, and he gets a scare from a fake spider in his room. Because there's this yep. little little brat, Reggie the Reckless. Yep. He's given himself a title. Actually, he may not have given himself that title. Yeah. He is played by Shavar Ross, who... He played Gary Coleman's best friend in Different Strokes. Yep. Yeah, and the, you know the very special episode of Different Strokes? With <laughs> the, the, the Chomo... Bike yeah, shop guy? the bike shop guy that they parodied on Family Guy, yeah. Yeah, this kid is the one that gets molested by him. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Then he was on Family Matters for a bit. That's some character named Weasel, I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure I saw him. I watched a lot of Family Matters as a kid. Yeah, and then he went to, to Bible College, started his own non-denominational Christian church, and went on to make his own entertainment company, where he makes inspiring in Christian short films. Wonderful. Yep. But he's not one of the, the, the nuts in this, this place. No. He just lives there because his, his grandpa or something is the groundskeeper. Yeah. So they just let him live there. The police show up all of a sudden with two of the other kids. Uh, this sheriff, Sheriff something or other, Taylor, I think. He's played by a guy named Marcy St. John who Wikipedia states he's best known for his role as the horny truck driver in Thelma and Louise. Which Ugh, I've never seen Thelma and Louise. Is there a horny truck driver? Yeah, rapes Thelma. Oh, Jesus. It's a, it's so, 
<laughs> so he plays the rape rapist in Thelma and Louise. That would be a much more apt depiction. I it might be, but he might just also be a different horny truck driver. I haven't seen Thelma and Louise in like twenty years. But no, they got in the car. Eddie and Tina, who I guess are sex addicts. I guess that would make sense. I mean, they're making out in the back seat of the, the sheriff's car. I think I called them Romeo and Juliet for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, they were found out in the woods. The sheriff says, they were screwing their heads off, Matt. Tina is played by Debbie Sue Voorhees. How about that? She had a hard time on this because of what, later on? She had to spend like two days just rolling around naked in the woods, blinded. Oh, because, yeah. You know, she didn't stick with acting. She went on to be a school teacher. And then she got fired because the students found this film. I hate that. And they were putting up all of her naked pictures. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on my soapbox and start talking about how much I hate when you know people trying to like. Okay, now I'm going to do a different career path in my life. Yeah, I did some nude scenes or I was in porn or whatever, but I want to do this other thing. It's like, well, nope. You were naked that one time. Fired. I hate that shit. Yeah, I have this long quote from her where she says, look, I understand people are worried about this nudity thing, but it's not as if I'm going to go tell a young girl to pose nude. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think people worrying about nudity in a film is silly and ridiculous, but that's just my personal opinion and my conflict of what's right or wrong. Theirs is different, and that's okay. We can be different. I just I, I just have an issue with with that. We're perfectly willing to watch this girl get naked. Ooh, sexy. And then when she tries to do something else, it's like, we just fucking slut shame her out of existence, right? Yeah. Like, I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Gina Kershawn apparently auditioned for the role of Tina. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that would have worked, too. So, then we get Ethel and her boy. These, these dirty, dirty people. Oh my god. Okay. So, these fuckers. Yeah, they own the farm that these these kids were screwing on. So, first of all, this is where the movie starts to become, like, I wonder if it wants to be self-parody, because these characters are so fucking ridiculous. Uh, They also seem like, they seem like they belong in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie more than this movie. Yeah, because they just live on this farm, and she's screaming like, you gotta get rid of the crazies! And Junior's like, you tell them all, and she just turns around and goes, will you shut the fuck up? They feel like comic relief. It, they feel out of place in the movie, though. That's the issue. There's a few other scenes that bug me like that, too. Probably it's, see when the notes come up. So, Ethel, she's played by Carol Locatell. We saw her before. She was one of the other prostitutes in Coffee. That's right. Which we did way back in episode 8. Oh my god, it was that long ago. Yeah. She was also a prostitute in the movie Sharky's Machine with Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds liked her, and he gave her a gift. A wig. A, a gray old lady wig. Fuck, Bert. <laughs> but she kept it and prized it because, like, oh, Bert Reynolds gave me this yeah, old it's lady a wig. It's a gift from Bert Reynolds. I mean, that is interesting. I mean, it's a cool story to tell. Yeah, and so when she auditioned for this movie, she's like, look, I have my own wig. And they're like, oh, perfect. You could be in the movie. The makeup department never gave her this wig back. And she ain't happy about that. Bullshit. Yeah, that they that thought it was like one of their props, and they took it away with them. And she's like, "No, my Burt wig." Paramount still have it, you think? I don't know. Probably not. They probably threw it in the trash. Yeah, but they're like, "Yeah, the next bastard that comes near my farm, I'm gonna blow your fucking head off." And then, uh, 
Enter Joey. Big fat Joey eating a candy bar with chocolate all over his face. Like a bandolier of fucking candy bars, too. Yeah. And so first he goes up to the two girls there. There's Robin, the ginger, and Violet, the goth. Yeah, Violet's always vibing on some music. Yeah, she. these headphones never leave her head. The entire movie. She dies with them on. It's true. Everybody hates Joey. He's kind of annoying. He is kind of annoying. He's going up. He's like, hey, girls, do you want some chocolate? Let me help you with the laundry. He's offering to help. He's trying to be helpful. He gets chocolate all over the, the sheets, though. But he's a bit dense and doesn't know how to read the room. Yeah, so then they he goes over to this other guy, Vic, who's chopping wood. And is very, very angry looking. Joey's like, oh. hey, Vic. Do you, can I help you chop wood? I, I Do you want a chocolate bar? And Vic is like, fuck off, Joey. And then Joey's like, here, I'm going to leave the chocolate bar here for you for later. And when Vic acts it, Joey's like, you need to watch your attitude. Which sets Vic off. And so uh, Vic asks, uh, asks Joey a question. Yeah, he axes him to death. <laughs> yeah. Hi, girls. Hi, Joey. Hi, Violet. Huh? Hi. What are you doing? Doing laundry, Joey. Can I help? I'm really very good at doing laundry. Matt never assigns it to me. I don't know why. Look, Joey, we really have to get this thing finished, okay? So I'm here to help you. You can count on me, Rob. You too, Vi. Want a chocolate bar? Here, you want it? I'll give you half, but I need half for later. Piss off! Oh, please let me help you. It's really no problem. Oh, Joey! Will you just get out of here? I'm sorry, you two. Really, I can do laundry great, but, well, if that's how you feel, forget it. I'll just go help somebody else instead. I'll see you later. Listen, if you change your mind, I'll be right around, okay? Joey! Joey! Jesus, what a loser. <clears throat> Look at this shit. I'm not gonna wash it, you wash it. <clears throat> Hi, Vic. Get lost. Come on, don't be like that. I'm gonna help you with the wood today. And anyway, uh, I got two chocolate bars, see? Don't tell the girls. You know, Vic, before I came here, I I never had anything to do, me being an orphan and all. People always uh, teased me about sitting around like some kind of pig or something. But here it's different. I can I can help others and do a lot of things. You know something? I really love it here. I hate it. You know, um, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I never really chopped wood before, but it certainly looks like fun. Leave me alone! Here, Vic, want a bite? Here. I'll just put it over here. And later on, when you're hungry, you can have it. Well, if that's the way you feel, forget it, Vic. Just forget it. But I think you're really out of line. <laughs> We get the ambulance show up. There's an ambulance driver named Roy Burns, who who is rather taken aback by this, this cut-up boy. Yeah, he looks rather uncomfortable. Meanwhile, his partner is just like, look at this body. Ha <laughs> ha. 
Yeah, how about this? This fucker got caught up. Ha 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 ha. He's just like, man, I guess you would get the occasional psychopath as a paramedic now that I think about it. Yeah, you probably would. It's just someone who wants to see, like, fucking blow, you know, damaged bodies and dying people and stuff. Probably some sick fucks that would be a paramedic. Yeah, I could see that. But it's been seven minutes, so it's time to introduce some new characters. Right. Pete. We got some greasers. Yeah, Pete and Vinny, who I've always sworn that these are two gay-coded characters. You know what? Yeah, I get I get that. Well, they both- They're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that leather? <laughs> no straight dude wears that much leather. <laughs> Rob Halford would be, would be proud of these yeah. boys. Only people in 1985 wearing that much leather were in the movie Cruisin', okay? That's right. And these two bicker like a married couple. And uh, and seeing breaking the law. Yeah. In the UK. And um, Pete. Yes, Rob, Rob is gay. Yes, but for people who don't know. Yeah. Which one? If Pete's the one driving the car. Yeah, Pete's the one driving the car and making Vinny go to work on it. And Pete's like, the cunts, the cunts aren't gonna wait all night. Let's go get some cunts. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you dudes are gay. No, no, don't no straight guy talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And Pete's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go pee. That car better be working. And while he's off, Vinny gets a road flare shoved in his fucking mouth. Yeah, that's pretty. That's, that's kind of harsh. Yeah. So Pete, you know, he finishes peeing out in the woods, and he comes back, and he's singing. I transcribed the lyrics to his song. He's he's ab-living some lyrics about gonna kill his partner. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the most of it is the chorus is. Rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tooey. You better fix the car, motherfucker. Rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat. Yeah. And once he's in the car, he manages to get the car started. Right in time to get his throat slit with a machete. Yep. Meanwhile, Tommy wakes up the next morning, the incredibly sweaty and well-toned Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, Tommy... Well... <laughs> Tommy apparently has, uh, has been to Nam because, uh... <laughs> motherfuckers, uh... As we'll see shortly, very well trained. He's having some Jason hallucinations, so he takes his meds and goes down to breakfast where we get to see all these characters interact more. We meet Stuttering Jake, which I guess stuttering is a is a mental health problem that they got to put you in an institution for? Yeah, well, we don't really know the reason for the stuttering or if stuttering just happens to be part of his character and the mental illness is something else. Yeah. Well, Violet's mental illness is just being a big fan of the cure. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently, liking uh, dark wave is enough to get you thrown into the asylum. According to notes about this, Robin is OCD. Okay, okay you when never see that. Never see that. Um, and yeah, I guess Tina and Eddie are sex addicts. <laughs> I mean that 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 makes sense. Yeah, and they, they everyone gives Violet shit because she set a place for the dead people. Yeah, but I mean, if it's normally Violet's job to set places for breakfast, she probably just did it on autopilot. Yeah, with her headphones on. Yeah, there's no need to get mad at her. She just spaced it. It's fine. Like Oh, they get mad at her. They're like, you don't set a place for a dead person. <laughs> it's Yeah, it was kind of douchey. It's like, you guys suck. Yeah, and then Eddie pops in and he's taking one of Tommy's masks. Because Tommy kept all of his masks. I mean, that's their quality work. Yeah. Uh, Tommy doesn't like this, and he just beats the shit out of Eddie. Yep. Eddie, Eddie fucked around and found out. Yeah. Tommy picks him up and smashes him into a 
table, and oh, that's crazy on him. It's like fucking that scene in Apocalypse Now. I imagine that's Tommy like every day. Yeah. He's yeah. training. It's training for that time where Jason comes back for him. Um. So then we go back to Ethel and Junior for a little bit, and she's just going crazy on this chicken, screaming as she's cutting up a dead chicken, and uh, she calls Junior a big dildo. <laughs> Um, and then some random guy, we get another new character. Yeah. Just some fucking dude shows up at their house looking for work. Nothing's like, holy shit, who the fuck are you? That's one fucking ugly man. <laughs> <laughs> and so we know that he's going to die soon. Right. I'm going to chop you into itty bitty little pieces, my friend. Just like they've done to that pig over there at that fucking crazy farm. You big dildo, eat your fucking slop. Ain't I make the best goddamn stew in the whole wide world? Best goddamn stew in the whole wide world, man. That's that goddamn coyote. I'm gonna try to kill my lot again. I'm gonna show that bastard once and for all. You hear me, Junior? you what the fuck do you want i mind eating two days i like doing a meal yeah what do you do whatever you need done okay clean all the shit out of the chicken coop and dump it behind the shed you come back here when you got all the shit out and then i'll fill your stomach yes ma'am One fucking ugly man that goes there. That's one fucking ugly man, Mama. Would you shut your trap? You know, you ain't so pretty yourself, you know. I ain't so pretty myself, I know. <laughs> you know, that we get a quick scene with the sheriff, and he's there with, like, the paramedics cleaning up the dead bikers. Yeah. Uh, fucking Roy Burns is really motivated about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's yeah, no longer that. grossed out. <laughs> oh, he's, uh, he seems rather happy about this one. He, he's like, hey, hey, Sheriff, looks like we got us a maniac on the loose, right? Huh? Uh, 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 yeah. Sheriff is like, shut the fuck up, Roy. <laughs> but now it's nighttime, and we get to meet that orderly again. Billy was his name. Yeah, he also, Billy, his name is Billy, and he likes to party. Yeah, he does. Um, he goes to this diner that's closing to pick up his girlfriend, Lana, and she's like, what do you want to order? He's like, I want Lana to go with nothing on her. And um, she's like, I'll be ready in a second. She goes to the bathroom where we get gratuitous tits. I know. He's like, man, that's just pure gratuitous tits. Like, there's no reason for it other than, hey, look at these tits. She ad-libbed that. <laughs> oh, did she? Well, good for her. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show my boobs to the mirror. All right, yeah. Good for you. And she just goes, "It's showtime." <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're they're pretty nice. I mean, yeah. She obviously was confident. She was obviously confident in them. Yeah. Meanwhile, Billy's doing cocaine in the car. <laughs> Stunt doubled by the director. Yeah. 
Um, he's like, snow flurries up your nose. Um, ah, the 80s. So Lana thinks that she's done a good enough job cleaning this diner, even though there's there's fucking trash all over the counters. Yeah, she doesn't care. And there's this cat flies through the air screeching at her. The classic cat jump scare. Fucking diner cat. And while she's dealing with Diner Cat, Billy Billy gets axed in the head. Uh, Lana goes out, and she's like, Billy, Billy, where are you? Oh, never mind, I found your cocaine. Yep, also his beer can and his, like, dash cup holder. Yeah, and so she starts snorting the cocaine when she sees Billy's dead body, and she tries to run and just gets an axe in the gut. Yeah. And at, back to the next morning, we get sweaty, toned-up Tommy. Yep. Dan in his room, he's watching some chickens. He's hallucinating a Jason. Yeah, he was doing his his morning apocalypse now. Yep. And then uh, we get the, the mayor going off to the sheriff about, you've got to solve these murders. And the sheriff, without messing a beat, is like, it's Jason Voorhees. It's like, man, that's a quite a, a jump. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he, he's been dead for several years. Are you, are you sure? Yep, yep, it's Jason Voorhees. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. We cremated him. Yeah. He takes this ashtray and dumps it out and goes, there's your Jason fucking Voorhees. Yeah, the mayor's kind of an asshole, but also, it's, uh, that's quite a bold statement. Eddie and Tina go off to, to screw each other's heads off in the woods again. Yeah, another very thirsty movie, this one. Yes, apparently this sex scene, um, just the open nudity of Tuna, Tina, rather. This was originally like five minutes long. Jesus. And they trimmed it down to just a few seconds. Uh, there's... <laughs> Being- My wife walked by while I was watching this, and she goes, man, that's got to be super uncomfortable, because they're, like, fucking in the, like, ground. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they're being spied on by the, the hobo. Yep. Who is then just stabbed. <laughs> right. Um, and our, our killer gets these shears to go cut off Tina's eyes? Yeah. This is kind of a theme in this movie, though it's never really explained. What, eyes? Yeah, I I did notice that. Yeah, this this Jason, in quotes, I'm going to spoil it now, it's not actually Jason, but as if you could tell by us commenting on it, uh, has some sort of obsession with eyes. Yeah. Um, for no explained reason. So yeah, she gets hedge clipped right through the eyes, and then when Eddie finds her, we get actually one of the deaths I really do like. Yeah, this is good. Where he takes this, like, belt strap um right across eddie's eyes right and he just keeps twisting this belt with eddie's head against the tree and just crushes his head yeah very brutal yep i I would like to say that a lot of the deaths in this movie though are not like visually shown right like you don't see like a dude's head decapitated that you do see one later but like it's not like the scenes in 4 where it's like, oh, hey, this guy's head got hacks on sh- around. Like, you don't see the shears going into Tina's eyes. Like, you see the aftermath of it later. Yeah. You do see a lot of it. This movie has a lot of off-screen deaths, though. It does. Um, which we'll get Especially to. later. Especially later. Yeah. Um, so Pam is going to take Reggie the Reckless to see his brother, Demon. Demon, yep. Yep, and they they just say, hey, Tommy, tag along with us for no reason. Demon lives with his girlfriend, Anita. They live in a van in the trailer park. Not down by a river, as far as I can tell, though. Yeah, Demon is played by Miguel Nunez. Yeah, we've seen him twice already. Yeah, he was Spider in Return of the Living Dead. DJ in Street Fighter. Yeah, 
episodes 22 and 32, respectively. And his Jerry Curl in this movie is fucking glorious. Oh, yeah. He's got great hair here. Yeah, he does. Um, We will see him again shortly. Next month. No, not next month. March. We'll see him in March. Yeah, yeah I mean, he has done, has done a fair number of movies that are <clears throat> in our wheelhouse. And I enjoy him every time he shows up. He's great. Yep. And um, his girlfriend is Anita. Played by Jerry Fields, who retired from acting right after this to become a clinical social worker. Good for her. Yep. So, hey, you do the one silly movie and then, you know, do something else. It's all good. So, uh, Reggie comes up and he's like, yeah, Demon! They have their nice hug and Demon's like, here, have an enchilada! (laughs) Which Reggie's like, no, thank you. And Reggie tries to, for some reason, pretend that Pam is his girlfriend. He's just trying to show off to his brother. Demon's like, hey, Pam, do you want an enchilada? Do you want a taco? An egg roll? Do you want some of this pizza? I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this van? Demon's trying to be hospitable. Yeah, they just live in a van full of old food. Yeah, him and his his girlfriend. They just sleep on leftovers? I, I guess. Tommy, meanwhile, has a... He's got some Jason stress. Yep. PTSD is, once again, acting up. Yeah, Junior, you know, comes to harass him. Like, you're one of the crazies! Tommy just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, Junior also entered the uh, fuck around and find out phase of yep. his life. And he, he, he found out. So they, they, Pam has Reggie say the goodbyes to Demon. It's like, we gotta go now, because Tommy just ran off into nowhere. Yeah, we don't see Tommy again for a while in yeah. this movie. Tommy is just fucked off out of this film. Tommy is fucked off out of this film for for the majority of the rest of the film. Well, because we're supposed to think Tommy's the killer. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, So anyway, Demon and uh, Anita start making out and getting high. Until Demon's like, oh, goddamn, grabbing his stomach. He's like, damn damn enchiladas. And we've hit parody uh, point. We hit a parody point again, where it's just like tonal shift. Yeah, the enchilada stuff is, is hilarious, though. I mean, uh, look, I like I said, I love Miguel Nunez, and I, he's great here, and I think the scene is very funny. It feels a little out of place in this film. Yeah, well, it's like, of course those enchiladas are going to make you see. You ate two-day-old enchiladas off the floor yeah. of your van, man. I mean, what it's do like you the, expect what's going like to It's like the rotten enchiladas from that Clerks cartoon episode. You, you ever seen the Clerks cartoon episode? Yes. Leonardo, Leonardo eats the fucking rot. <laughs> and so um, he runs to the, this outhouse, and they, uh, Anita starts to joke around by shaking it. Yeah. And he's like, bitch, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I mean, that would piss you off. Like, someone's, like, suddenly shaking the fucking outhouse you're in. Yeah. And she's like, oh, lighten up, demon. You'll feel a lot better after you shit. <laughs> she's not wrong. Usually you do feel better after you yeah. shit. And then we get the musical number. Yeah, it is kind of a musical. <laughs> it goes on way too long. Yeah, bizarre. And the lyrics are just, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. <laughs> and they sing it back and forth to each other for like a good three minutes. Outhouse is shaking again. Demon's like, you're gonna get it, bitch. And apparently she already did. Got her yeah. throat slit. <laughs> yep. And a uh, demon gets killed in this outhouse. He gets stabbed through the walls. Yep, impaled through the walls in the outhouse. Yep. Rip. Rip demon. 
Oh. Hey, you okay? Oh. Some damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Up, demon, you'll feel a lot better after you shit. <laughs> I feel a lot better when I'm out of here. This shit box is gross. Well, you better watch out for the snake that's gonna crawl up that crapper and bite your ass. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Nita? Hey, girl, what's up? Hey! Okay. I told you this isn't funny. Now you're gonna get it, bitch. Pam drops Reggie back off at home while she's like, I'm going to go look for Tommy. Uh, we get Junior riding his bike around the farm, screaming. And, and, for, <laughs> and for some reason, Matt and uh, Granddad have uh, fucked off out of this movie for a minute, too. Yeah, who knows where. I think they were supposed to go look for... Oh, Tina, they, they needed to find Tina and... Oh, yeah, Tina and Eddie never came home. Back, so they went to look for them... Yeah. Meanwhile, Junior's at the farm riding his bike around, screaming like, I'm gonna get him, Mom! He hurt me! Being the most annoying human being in the history of everything. And yet, Ethel's annoyed by him. And she's screaming, Get off the bike and eat your fucking stew! He gets beheaded on his bike. And nothing of value is lost. Yeah. And Ethel's like, Oh, thank God you stopped. And uh, then she gets a hatchet to the face and falls down face first into the stew. Yep. Not quite sleepaway camped. No. Stew ain't even boiling. That looks like some really cold stew. Yeah. Looks like she just throws raw meat into cold water and says, It's a fucking stew, Junior. I mean, that would explain a lot. Yep. Meanwhile, back at the, 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 the crazy people house, uh, Stuttering Jake and Robin are watching a movie, um, which I had to look up. The movie is A Place in the Sun from 1951. Hmm. And this is a scene, actually, where a character drowns in a lake, much like Jason did. Yeah, how about that? So Stuttering Jake is like, I, I, I like you, Robin. I, I like you very much. I, I want to be with you. I want to m m m m make love with you. And she yeah. just laughs at his face. And I feel yeah, bad it was, for him. <laughs> I, I do feel bad for him. That was a, it was, it was a bit forward of him to yeah. say, hey, let's fuck. <laughs> like, but. Um, also very mean to laugh. You can just go, yeah, no. Yeah, she just Sorry. laughs at his face. He gets up. He's crying in the hallways. He tries to talk to Violet for some reason. 
Yeah. And Violet's like just vibing. Yeah. He she he doesn't even bother. And he just gets hatcheted in the hallway. Yep. Yeah, so Robin finishes the movie and um she tries to get Reggie to go up to bed but just leaves him there and she goes up and we get her naked too, because of course <laughs> I wrote I guessing it's time for Robin's unnecessary nude scene. And it is indeed this movie. I guess her and Jake share a bunk bed? Yeah, I guess so. Because she goes in, she's just walking around, tits out, going, I'm sorry, Jake. I'm like, no wonder Jake thought you would be fine if he said, let's fuck. You just walk around here with your tits out all the time. That's 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 true. And then she finds Jake's body in her bed, and she's killed from the bottom bunk. Uh, as is tradition in these films. And then we get Violet and this fucking song and dance she's doing in there. That song's rad. It is a very interesting dance. Yeah, well, the song is called His Eyes by a band called Pseudo Echo. Very much uh, like a dark wave. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the lyrics of There's a Man with No Life in His Eyes really kind of actually fits the character. Yeah. Um, and she's doing a fucking mime dance. She is, in fact, a trained mime, if you look at her Wikipedia. <laughs> really? Yes. That's why she does it so well, then. She is a trained mime. How about that? I didn't know that. Violet's my favorite character in this movie, so... Well, because of her taste in music? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, she also seemed like... Just like, she didn't do anything. <laughs> like All she did was just listen to music. Yeah, I mean, she didn't do anything mean. Like She was a little rude to Joey, but let's be honest. Joey was kind of annoying. Well, yeah. And and he did like mess up her sheets. Yeah, but she all she go did was like, oh, Joey. Yeah, but this movie doesn't follow normal Friday the Thirteenth kill conventions. Well, yeah, they every motherfucker dies in this movie, right? There, it is all indiscriminate. Um, yeah. So killer just bends her against the wall, stabs her in the stomach. And yeah, not the most inspired of kills. No, in fact, it's. Very similar to the one we saw with the nurse in 4. Yep. So now it's it's raining outside. Reggie wakes up because of the rainstorm. Yep, as these movies uh, are wont to do. So Reggie goes looking around and he finds all of these dead bodies just piled up in, in Tommy's room. Yeah. <laughs> because again, we're supposed to feel like, oh, it's Tommy that's killing all these. Yeah, and Pam comes home and it's like, Reggie, Reggie, what's wrong? Reggie's like, they're, they're all dead, Pam! And uh, that's when our killer smashes through the door, just kicks in the fucking door, and then we get our first good look at him in his blue hockey mask. But he, he big. He definitely does not look like Tommy. He's thick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's a big-ass stunt man under that mask. Yeah, he's definitely not Tommy, based on build. And so they, they run around outside, and they, they find a, a random, though not actually that random, ambulance just out there. <laughs> Yeah, not actually that random. And and the driver's dead. Yeah, that asshole paramedic from earlier. Yeah, dead. he he just dead. He died off screen. Yep. Um, you know, and Jason pops up again. And if you don't know who the killer is, it's pretty random why the fuck this ambulance is just out there. Right. It'll uh, all make sense soon. Yeah. Then we we see Matt's dead body. It just like he got a stake through his head. Yeah, the railroad spike. Yeah. That would have been a nice kill to see. Yeah, we didn't get that one, though. Yeah, and then uh, 
Grandpa's dead body's tossed through a window, his eyes gouged out. Yep, that's another eye death. Like, someone's been watching a lot of Event Horizon. Or a lot of fucking Fulci films. Fulci, yeah, Fulci's another thing for eyes, too. Yeah, but yeah, that was yet another off-screen murder. So, so I usually I usually don't like off-screen deaths. I complained about this even like in No Country for Old Men. Um, that's also a pretty pretty significant death to happen off-screen, though. I know everyone talks about how great that movie is. I'm like, you can't kill the protagonist off-screen and then call it a great movie. Yeah, that's just bad filmmaking. Um, anyway, though, I think for the Friday the Thirteenth movies. It can be very effective, though, because you have now the person, like, fleeing, and then they're finding all these other bodies, and, see, like, they're going, you know, they're getting more and more stressed out and stuff. I think it's effective, so I, I give it a reluctant pass in these movies. Yeah. They find uh, Tommy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> nope, we still don't find Tommy's mom. No. So Jason, quote, it's about to kill Pam until Reggie the Reckless fucking busts out of that barn with the tractor. The thing that I said earlier was going to be involved. <laughs> yeah. And runs down this killer who, you know, he 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 does not have Jason's immortality. No. He is hurt. He's like clutching his gut and grunting and he's like, ow, ah. Yeah, he's cut up pretty pretty good in the chest there. He's like limping into the barn to find them. You know, and he... He hears some noise coming from a closet in the barn, opens it, and Pam just comes charging right out with that chainsaw. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't argue with a good chainsaw scene in a horror film. Reggie's up in a barn cheering him on like, you go, Pam, fuck him up. Um, of course, she, like, loses her chainsaw. It runs out of gas, and she just throws it at him. <laughs> heavy is good, heavy is reliable. If it doesn't work, you can always hit him with it. Yeah. That's when Tommy shows up again. To the movie. Yeah, now we know it's not Tommy. Yeah. Tommy's like, Jason! And, yeah, killer guy after, after that tractor ran him over, I'm like, now for the reveal, it isn't Jason or something, it's Tommy or some such shit. I mean, that's how I would write the movie if I wanted to be a hack. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, they, they had a little bit more uh, tact than that. Yeah. Um, killer goes up and slashes Tommy across the chest. And Tommy's yeah, like... Oh shit, this is a real Jason, not a hallucination. I better fight back. Yeah, we're back in a barn again for some reason, like we've time traveled to Friday the 13th Part 3. Yeah, he gets this guy right in the thigh with his pocket knife real good, like right in the next to the femoral artery. Yeah, it's a good stab. And so slow-moving, damaged fake Jason slowly makes his way up this ladder, you know, to fight everybody all at once. Um... And for some reason, there's a big fucking bed of spikes at the base of the barn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they knock Jason right out onto them, and surprise, it's not Jason, it's Roy. Yeah, Reggie from the top rope. Yeah. He, he holds on, but then uh, uh, Tommy shows up and gives him the hand uh, cut, and then he gets impaled. Yeah, and he's impaled, and they're like, oh, look, it's Roy. It's that fucking paramedic. Yeah. First time I watched this movie, um, well, the first time I watched this movie was on USA. It was cut uh, to ribbons. I say. It wasn't until I watched a VHS that I actually saw the movie. Um, yeah, but the movie's like 90% nudity. Like. <laughs> well, no, because the very first time I watched Friday the 13th was on a USA Up All Night Friday the 13th marathon. 
Yeah. And that was my introduction to the franchise. I watched one, two, five, and part of seven. <laughs> and I mean, so, you got to see two, because two is actually very, very, and yes. one. They're both good. One and two, two is exceptional, though. But five, um, you know, it's, I didn't know who the fuck this dude was when his mask fell off. I was like, oh, it's just, just some dude. Yeah. We're, we're at the hospital, Pam and Reggie are there, and the sheriff is like, oh, hey, turns out that big fat Joey was Roy's secret child. The most fucking soap opera shit ever. Like, why was he hiding this kid in a mm. mental institution and nobody knew? Cause well, he, he, Joey was a, said he was a fucking orphan, which means this kid was orphaned, bounced from you know, facility to facility until ending up here, and Roy's been hiding out the whole time watching him. Yeah, and he feels, like, really upset that his son's hacked up? The, the son that you, you abandoned? He abandoned, and then the guy who killed him was already in jail, so this guy just decides to go kill all the other random kids? Yeah. Uh, t- t- random everybody. Yeah, why? And um, The motives make no sense. And he's like, and he decided to use the Jason thing to cover up his murders. And I'm like, but why would anybody suspect Jason in the first place if he's been dead for several years? It's like, you know what? I'm going to go commit some murders and make everyone think that it's Jeffrey Dahmer back from the dead, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Nobody would buy it. That's so fucking contrived. Tommy has a dream of killing Pam before he wakes up. And then he goes through his hospital room and... Why is there a hockey mask in his hospital room? He's got the fucking blue hockey mask. Like, he kept the dude's fucking face mask? Why? Yeah. <clears throat> and then we hear the glass break, and it looks like Tommy escaped. But no, he's suddenly advancing on Pam with a knife, because this was all to set up Tommy as the new Jason. And uh, fans hated that. Oh, um, this movie on a budget of also 2.2 only made 21.9. Which is still That's a lot still of money. Ten times profit margin. That's still an incredible amount of uh, profit fans margin. and critics hated this movie. They hated Tommy as the new Jason, so that's why they brought Jason back for the rest. Yeah, they retconned the shit out of that. I like this movie because of just how fucking ridiculous it is. <laughs> I think it's I I like it ironically. <laughs> that ending was terrible. Oh but yeah. Obviously, that was a uh, that was obviously not. I'm not the only one who feels that way. Um, it, this, I mean, I'll just read what I wrote. It veers too close to parody a lot of the times. The killer motives don't make much sense. I get that the ki- he's upset about the killer being killed by another one of the patients, and none of the other kids did anything, nor could they help stop that even if they wanted to. Then there's the ending. Like, yeah, the movie has a lot of problems. It's the, it's, and terrible. it's like, it's like two is an improved version of one, and then they've kind of gone downhill. Like, does the series eventually, I mean, the series does eventually embrace the camp, but does it do it before Jason X and Freddy versus Jason? Well, yeah, um, Jason X is a more controlled camp, though. Right, but I'm just saying, by by that point, the early 2000s, when they made those two movies, they're like, yeah, we're just gonna lean into the camp. But, like, this movie does, I'm gonna give it the, the, other, the not, the, the biggest critique I can give a movie, as far as movies I don't like, that doesn't involve, like, super. I'm going to compare it to Batman Forever. And everyone always gets salty about me when I say this. That's a movie that did not know what it wanted to be. This is a movie that does not know what it wants to be. It wants to be campy, but it also wants to be serious. You need to pick a lane and ride in it. Because 
Otherwise, you get this really tonally inconsistent film. It's just not much fun to watch. Well, where I put this on the coffee scale is to go back to, like, the Friday the 13th franchise as a store, and these are all different flavors. Yeah. This is the weird-ass novelty flavor. <laughs> this is, like, enchilada-flavored coffee. <laughs> Somebody is really fucking high trying to come up with something weird. And you're like, wow, this really tastes like enchiladas. It's so wrong. But yeah. it's also really good. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's it's just another one of those movies that doesn't know where it wants to be tonally, and just you know, like enchilada I, coffee doesn't know what it wants to be, or green chili beer. I don't like green chili beer. Yeah, I don't like it either. I'm not a fan of this movie. I just, if it wanted to lean fully into the camp, I would have enjoyed it for being a silly campy movie. If it wanted to be more like the first four, which I thought took themselves relatively seriously, maybe progressively less so, but still trying to keep in the realm of this is a slasher movie. It's like with Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like the first one's relatively serious, and the second one is a gay allegory. But still serious. <laughs> serious. It's, and it's good once you know what it actually is. It feels really out of place watching it back to back with Nightmare on Elm Street, though, because you're watching them for the first time. And then starting with 3, when they start doing the Dream Warrior shit, it's like, yeah, we're just going to be goofy, Freddy's going to fucking crack jokes while he kills people. Yeah, like, come to 6 one, he's he's playing a video game, and... Yeah, they, they, they're like, you know what, we're going to embrace the camp, like, starting with movie 3. Like, that's... They knew where they wanted to go with it, and they full embraced it. Like, that that makes is- sense to me. Even with X, though, like Jason X, there's plenty of camp, but it, it's still serious when it needs to be. It, it's balanced, though. Yeah, well, it knows the movie knows what it wants to be. And yeah. like again, Freddy vs. Jason's the same way. It knows what it wants to be. This movie doesn't know what it wants to be, but then again, yeah, nobody movie- in the movie knew what they were doing. That's true. Most now of the cast I- thought they were making some serious horror film. The director just wanted to make a porn and get high. Yeah, this is, sounds like it was a mess. Yeah, and that's why I like it. It's such a mess. It's so fun to laugh at, not with. It's not the yeah. kind of camp you laugh with. It's not intentionally campy. I like this, this movie ironically. Is this objectively the worst of the of the bunch? Or do you think 6 and 7 are worse? No, 6 and 7 are good. I mean, they're okay. they're not great. They're not as good as the first couple in the franchise. But they're more like 3 and 4 where it's like, okay, they're they're functional movies. Yeah. Part eight's the one I hate the most. Yeah? Yeah. We'll get to there eventually, and you'll see why I hate that movie. Or you could watch it at the... uh... Oh, wait, wait. You might have watched it at the uh, watch party. Yes, we totally don't record these things ahead. (laughs) But do you got anything else on A New Beginning? Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't stick with this being A New Beginning. Yeah. Because that would have been pretty fucking lame. So, uh... Next week is Vigilantes, and we're doing the, the classic Death Wish. Yes. Which is also going to be our watch party. Yeah. And so, yeah, stay tuned for that. And we'll also be doing another movie with a Vigilante. So we will catch you then, everybody. Have a great night. Oh, yeah, the watch party's at Discord. Link is on the website, explainitpodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, come watch, come watch the movie and then listen to our podcast later. Yeah, good night. <laughs>